this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tirza Price, coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 313.5, and because it's the first week of Pride, I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great queer YA fantasies. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Sourcebooks Landmark. From the best-selling author of The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle comes a new mystery. A fog has swept the planet, killing anyone it touched except for the island where villagers and scientists live in harmony. The villagers content to do what they're told by the scientists. But then one of the beloved scientists is found brutally stabbed to death and they realize the security system around the island has malfunctioned and has wiped everyone's memories of exactly what happened the night before. So someone on the island is a murderer, and they don't even know it. Best-selling author Stuart Turton is a major voice in the mystery space, The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, and his second novel, The Devil and the Dark Water, have sold over 450,000 copies and become a TikTok phenomenon. He's received fantastic reviews from best-selling authors in major outlets. Make sure to check out his latest work, The Last Murder at the End of the World. And thanks again to Sourcebooks Landmark for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by World Editions, publisher of Salamalik by Khaled Alasmail. In this unflinching story about Arab masculinity and homoeroticism, Farat, a Syrian in his early 20s, visits Sibki Park in Damascus, one of the city's most popular cruising areas. There he learns about the Hammam's secret meeting places for gay men located throughout the old city. So inside these public baths, the air is thick with the scent of bay laurel soap and naked men hide in the steam. Ferd faces sometimes violent disapproval from all levels of society, regime, religion, the man in the street, you name it. And yet he manages to find the love he's been seeking just before his world collapses and he's forced to flee. Find out more about Salamlik by Khaled Alasmael, translated from the Arabic by Larry Price at IndiePubs.com slash products slash Salamlik. That's S-E-L-A-M-L-I-K. And thanks again to World Editions, publisher of Salamlik by Khaled Alasmael for sponsoring this episode. Right, happy Pride Book Nerds. It is June, which is one of my favorite times of the year. I love celebrating queer books all year round, but I especially love June because everybody is celebrating with us. So whether you're queer or not, I hope that you will read some great LGBTQ plus books this month. And, you know, beyond June too, but we're going to just take this time 
um, to celebrate. And I'm going to help you out by recommending two great queer YA fantasies that I enjoyed in recent years. There's so many great queer YA and also just, you know, adult, but like a lot of great queer YA genre fiction coming out this year and, you know, just recently. But these are two fantasies that have come out within the last five years that I really enjoyed and I don't think that you should miss. So first up is A Fire and Stars by Audrey Coldhurst. And I love this book because Basically, it's fantasy princesses falling in love with each other instead of the prince. That is extremely my jam. Plus, there's a lot of good horseback riding action and there's some magic. So this book opens up with Princess Denalea. She's traveling to her new home in the kingdom of Maneria. And she has been betrothed to the Prince of Maneria since they were both kids. So now the time has finally come. She has to fulfill her duty and her destiny. And she's really grown up knowing that, like, this is going to be her fate. So she's pretty much okay with this. Um, But there's one big hitch. And that is she has secretly developed an aptitude for fire magic, which is expressly forbidden in Maneria. Like, basically all magic is big no-no. And she's really terrified that if she's discovered, she'll be banished or killed or or worse. She just doesn't know what's going to happen. But she also feels like she's pretty much locked into this engagement. So her plan right now is to just try to hide it the best she can. Um, So she's hiding her magic. She's trying to fulfill her royal duties. That's not always easy. And it's especially very difficult when she meets her betrothed sister, whose name is Princess Amaranthine. She goes by Mare. Um, And Mare is really like the royal black sheep of the family. She's a very talented rider and horsewoman, which is prized pretty highly, but she's not really into the whole like politics ruling sort of realm part of the family. So Mare is a talented rider and horsewoman. She's tasked with teaching Denna how to ride because the royal family takes great pride in their war horses. The country takes great pride in in that as well. And they can't really have a princess and future queen who can't ride. So Denna is not a natural rider and Mare scares her. So things don't really go super well at first. But then a political assassination sort of throws both girls together and they realize that they're seeing something that, you know, not everybody else is seeing and that they're on the same side. So they decide that they're going to quietly investigate the political plots that are unfolding around them because nobody else really seems able to do so. And of course, along the way, they fall in love. But that is strictly forbidden because Dana is engaged. And oh, yeah, she's also hiding her forbidden magic. So this is like the slowest of slow burn romances. I feel like that has to be a warning here um, because I know that's not everybody's jam. But when Dana and Mare finally like come together romantically... Let's just say that this book is very aptly titled A Fire and Stars because that romance is electric and it's 
definitely worth waiting for. Um, the political intrigue is also very riveting. I found the world and the magic system and just like the political plots and arrangements with all these different countries very fascinating. There's a lot going on in this book, but the central focus is the relationship between Denna and Mare, which I thought was really beautiful. Um, I also like that this is the first in a duology, so if you want more, there's definitely more. But A Fire and Stars also, I think it might have sold as just a standalone, so you read it and it definitely feels like a standalone. You can just read it as it is. But the sequel of Ice and Shadows is out now, so if you want to go ahead and add that to your TBR, you definitely can. Um, Colt Hearst also has another queer YA fantasy set in the same fantasy world, and it's called Ink Mistress, but it's set, um, I think, several hundred years before A Fire and Stars takes place. I have not read it yet, so I can't personally recommend it, but it's definitely on my TBR because I really enjoyed A Fire and Stars. All right, next up is Girls Made of Paper and Fire by Natasha Nien, which is the first in a trilogy, um, and it has book three set to drop actually later this year. So if you are a fan of series, but you only read things that are complete or nearly complete, now is the perfect time to grab this book. Uh, before I get started talking about it, I do want to just give a content warning for um, some non-consensual sex and situations that might be sensitive to certain readers. So if you want to skip this recommendation, feel free to do so. All right. So Girls Made of Paper and Fire is about Lee, who is a member of the lowest class in Ikara, um, which is this fantasy world where humans and then like part human and part animal people exist and live and they are sort of stratified in different caste systems. So Leah is from a small village. She's far away from the capital where the bull king lives. But years earlier, her mother was taken away uh, by the king's guards to the palace to face an unknown fate. And they don't know what happened to her. And there's just rumors that abound. So the bull king is half human, half bull. He rules with pretty much an iron fist. And um, it's kind of known that throughout the land, young women are collected um, and taken to the kingdom and expected to become paper girls, which is essentially his harem. So obviously it's not a good fate. And it's kind of assumed that that's probably what happened to Lay's mother. Um, but they don't have any confirmation because they never heard from her again. So unfortunately for Lei, um, this rumor has sort of spread from her small village that her eyes are an unusual color and she's very beautiful. So that puts her um, in a precarious position when the Bull King sends his guards to, to basically capture her and take her back to the palace. So at the palace, Lei is sort of added along to this collection of new paper girls where they've just all arrived and they're expected to train to become the king's consorts. Um, and so obviously this is the last thing that Lei wants and it's pretty horrifying. Um, however, she does kind of feel like she's got this, this little bit of um, a reprieve in that she has some time before that 
actually has to happen where they have to go through training. And she's hoping that this time will give her an opportunity to finally figure out what happened to her mother and then maybe hopefully escape, although the promise of escape is is pretty small. So as she starts to undergo this training, she makes friends in the court. She also makes some enemies. But the person that she befriends that is most significant is Ren, who is another new paper girl. And as they get to know each other, they also slowly start to fall in love. But this love is absolutely a thousand percent forbidden. So they have to be very, very careful that it doesn't get out um, amongst the other paper girls and amongst the rest of the court. Um, however, it's not long before it becomes apparent that Lei isn't the only one at court with secrets. And obviously, when you have a, a king who is a bit of a despot, there's going to be, you know, a rebellion. So the book builds to the point where, you know, Lei must either put her training to use or decide if she's going to rebel. Um, so this is obviously more of an upper YA novel because it does deal with non-consensual sex, harems, very, um, you know, mature themes. It's been a couple of years since I read it, so I, I'm afraid I can't give you like a very detailed sort of warning about how detailed it gets. I do remember a few fade to black scenes and I don't remember anything terribly violent, but that said, just know that this is what this book is about. And I do recall a content warning for animal harm. So just be aware. Uh, I really like this book because I felt like the fantasy world was lush and unique. And I think that um, the author did a really great job of building up this fantasy world from Lee's perspective. Um, I think she handled the premise in a very sensitive way. Um, and the romance between Lee and Ren was also just really sweet, really well developed. Um, but just be warned that this book is very clearly the first in a series because it has quite the dramatic sort of cliffhanger ending. Um, so if you want to read this book, I highly recommend having Girls of Storm and Shadow on your TBR ready to go. And then, of course, Girls of Fate and Fury will be the third and final book in this trilogy, and it will be out this fall. So... That is it for me, book nerds. I hope that you are well stocked with books for the weekend ahead and that you have some great LGBTQ plus books to celebrate June. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find the list of books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. Uh, if you read something that we recommend on this podcast, we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much to our sound editor, Jen Zink, for making us sound great. Um, finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. And I will be back next week on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with more backlist recommendations very soon. Thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend. Oh,